Hey Lisa. Hey Julie. How are you? I'm great. Should we say where we are? Sure. <laughs> we are in your car <laughs> after the Autism Speaks 5K race, which was our goal race for our speed and strength program. And even though it is a hilly and hot and humid race, it's such a fun day to be out here to start July 4th out with so many people that we know from our RFF runners, um, Montgomery County Road Runners Club runners, just people we've known for a long time. I've done this race, I think I think I did one of the first ones 19 or 20 years ago, and it's grown so much. Um, so it's such a fun way to start the 4th. Absolutely. It's a great cause and we always appreciate all of the people that come from all over the DC area to run this hot and hilly course for a very important cause and it's also sort of a reunion. It's all the runners we've known for a very long time all coming together and it's a like you said it's it's a really meaningful way to start off the 4th of July and happy birthday America. And if if <laughs> folks remember a few episodes ago on our podcast you had decided this would be you were going to run this race. And you did, and uh, not only, you, you ran actually a few before this, kind of you're, you've been easing your way back in and being really smart about your training, but if I can brag for a moment, not only did you run this race today, but you won your age group. I can't believe I won my age group. I think, I mean, it's, it's all about who shows up, right? But I, I was really shocked because I was a little nervous this morning going into this race. I had a dream last night, which is typical of me when I'm anxious about a race, that I missed the start because I was running late. So I knew in my head this morning when I woke up that, okay, well that means you have a little bit of race anxiety, which is healthy. And it also means that I should I should try a little harder than I have for the previous races. And that doesn't mean going full out because I'm just two months post-surgery, but I gave myself permission to push it a little bit more than I have been. And for me, what that meant on this particular course was that it's hilly. So the uphill, I pushed hard and downhill, I took it easy, which sounds counterproductive um, for strategy, but it's what worked for me um, to protect my knee and make sure I was okay because going fast downhill is not ideal uh, for people with knee issues. And I didn't have any pain or discomfort and I felt as good as one can feel running through um, a really high dew point on 4th of July in the DC area. And I was super excited because I looked at my watch at one point and I was going about a 7 to 7.15 pace and I maintained for the full race a seven, average 7.30 pace and while you know at my peak that would not be my best effort, it was a really big victory for me today because I was able to run three miles at a, a really nice pace for me and, and not feel pain afterwards. And the only thing I was complaining about was the same thing everyone else was complaining about, which is the heat. So how lucky am yeah, I? I just see your progress. I was just telling you, I remember when you first got to go out and started getting some mileage under your belt again and you sent me a picture of your watch that said uh, you had done three miles in 55 minutes and uh, you were really happy about that and look you know how many just a few weeks later and you've done a little over three miles in way less than half that time so it was great you look you looked great and 
Uh, I know last year you missed this race. You were on vacation last year. Yes. And I missed having you here at the race last year. So it was nice. And like you said, we had a lot of our runners really show up and do a great job, uh, win their age groups, uh, runners who are coming back from some time off, getting their first 5k back under their belt again. Uh, my sister ran it, which was really fun. It was her first 5k in a really long time. So just was a fun, it's really great to see other people accomplishing, you know, something that they've worked for through our season of, of, of coaching and training. Absolutely. And congrats to you, Lisa. You placed fourth overall and as we like to call it you can early because our friend Sherpa Ken always places fourth in whether his age group or some other made-up number so we always, honor we call it you Sherpa it's you an honor to fourth. Sherpa yes and I, I I always like to tell this story about um, the prizes here they give out a little uh, autism speaks mug which I think we probably have maybe 15 of them in our house now and the first year one of the first years I ran this when it was still a very small race was the same thing they give uh, the winners a, a mug a nice mug and uh, my husband had run his first 5k at that race and they said at the very end is there anybody who ran who's run who's run uh, their first 5k today and he raised his hand and they said well come up here and they gave him a huge like beer stein and a, and, like, a <laughs> gift card and he came off the stage with some swagger of like look what I got in your little mug <laughs> so um so I always so again, again got got a mug and got a gift card and uh it was it was, it was great um it's really it's it, it's now the race itself is is really hard I think and really hilly um I was probably about 40 seconds maybe a little less off from my suds and souls time which is also a hilly race but not as hilly so it really just goes to show that um you know different courses really can't peg your time to a, you know look at look for a certain time you got to take into account the weather conditions and, and the and the hills but it felt good and it was great to be out there beautiful neighborhood that we go through um we're always happy to support this cause susan Perellis, who is the race director for this race really does uh, like i said i did this race probably 19 or 20 years ago when it first started and it was tiny and to see what it's grown to now i think there were over 700 runners registered either in person or virtual running and to see the teams come out and how much support is behind this cause that was such a she's done an amazing amazing job and all the volunteers yeah huge so of volunteers. before we continue talking i i also want to brag i got <laughs> a, open it i got a prize <laughs> like a random yeah. prize in addition to my mug it was randomly drawn actually gina cunha won it but she gave it to me and it's these meringues so it's uh, Sweets by Caroline. I'm super hungry right now, so I'm going to have one. Would you like a meringue? I would love a meringue. Okay. These are like our favorite desserts, All right, here, right? take a meringue, what color Lisa. Do you want me to take? I'll any take any color you want. They're red, white, and blue meringues, so we're going to yeah. eat while we're, we're so, chatting. Yeah, I'm taking a white one. And, mm. uh, oh, my God, they're so they? good. <laughs> they're so good. Oh, my God, they're so awesome. good. Sweets by Caroline. Mm -hmm. It's a small, you know, per, uh, it's an individual, small business. So if you're local to D.C., sweetsbycaroline.com. Oh my God. And at Sweets by Caroline. These are so good. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> Support small business. Mm -hmm. Buy meringues. Yeah. Mm. Macaroons. Good. Macaroons, that's right. Mm -hmm. Well, they're made with meringues. Yeah. These yeah. are great. Oh my God. They're All right. Really so, anyway, good. as we're sitting here eating. All right. So, we are wrapping up our series that we did a four part series. This is number five, where we selected four really inspiring runners who have overcome obstacles and the group of individuals that we selected to interview I, I really enjoyed that they were so different from each other and they all provided some really great information that we can take away and apply it to our own situations 
whether we have overcome an obstacle or we currently are or we will because that's part of the journey of running or of life is obstacles. So it was really for me and I think for you too, I don't want to speak for you. It was so interesting to hear perspectives from such different people from all walks of life. We had, of course, our first guest, Sean Livingston, a recovering drug addict. His obstacle seemed insurmountable and look what he accomplished. And then we had sort of a very different type of person, an elite athlete from Canada, Rachel Hanna, whose obstacle may at first have been perceived as minor. Oh no, she had sustained some injuries while running as an elite, but really those injuries could have caused some major health issues and she was able to sort of intervene and take control of her health and fix that. And since then, we've seen a lot of people go get bone scans yeah. as a result. So we hope that helps some people. And then, of course, we had Erin who inspired runners and non-runners from her approach to her aneurysm and her recovery. And now after she told her story, she decided to go sign up for the Richmond Marathon. So yep. she almost and she inspired ran today. herself. She ran today. She looked awesome. Her son came. She inspired her son to come. She told me when she signed up, she said she was surprised. He doesn't usually want to run with her, but I think she's inspired him too. And they were here today. So it was great to see her out healthy and running strong on a hard course on a hard day. Yep, and then we finished with Rod Vieira, who was somebody who was never a runner and didn't even want to run and had no inkling that he was a talented runner. And it took a really uh, life-altering, scary health event to make him realize he needed to do something to get healthy and pick up running. And he uh, had a long-term goal of qualifying for Boston. And what I love about Rod is that he didn't decide, I want to qualify for Boston. And then it came easily. And he just, you know, set his mind to it, trained, did a marathon and qualified. He had to try again and he had to try again and he had to keep trying and changing his approach a little bit, but keep coming back to it. And he made it. So it was, to me, what I took away from Rod's is that our, our goals don't have to be ones that we achieve right away. They can be long-term goals and we can have short-term goals in between and we can have some ups and downs. And um, throughout our training, we're not always gonna be on the upswing. We're not always gonna be hitting that goals and those goals and celebrating that. We may have to take smaller steps or steps back and then steps forward or sit and you know, reevaluate or take some time off and, and figure that out and just appreciate at the time where we are and what we're able to do. So well said, and I mean, not to make it about me, but we're talking to each other, so I feel like I can take that liberty, sure, go <laughs> but um, that's what I'm going through now. I'm, I'm recovering, and you know, my surgery was relatively minor. It's really very common what I had, but you know, we're all an experiment of one, and even if something's common, when it happens to you, it feels like a bigger deal, and so... I've spent a lot of time trying my best to be not just positive toward others, but positive toward myself and giving myself grace and recognizing that while I have my own timeline, I it's arbitrary. And who am I to assume that I will be recovered enough to run X race or be able to achieve X time? And instead, I need to let my body dictate what my timeline is. And that's really hard because I'm a really impatient person. And I'm also like so many of you listening, I'm a very goal oriented person and goals help me cope. And I think life is hard and 
running is something, and I've said this a lot, that allows us to set tangible goals and makes things a little order more orderly when life itself is not. Yeah, and we need goals. I think we have yeah. we help our runners set goals because without a goal you can be very, you know, why wake up and do something yes. if you don't have so having those goals I think is very important. But also then being able to reflect and say if you need to maybe change those goals at some point. And that's that's okay too. Right. And so that's what's hard for me is because I like that order. I like my patterns where in the fall I do shorter distances and I have certain races that I like to do and um, set goals toward training. And then around December I start training for Boston and then each April I run Boston. Well, I don't have a Boston qualifier because I typically qualify for Boston at Boston Boston, and that's my choice. I just can't fit in a fall marathon with um, the structure of my family these days and my work life and um, the things that we all do. That's just something that doesn't fit in. And that's in. something important to touch on is setting goals that are that are, are reasonable and attainable. Exactly. So because I've been measured about not doing fall marathons, I, I don't have a Boston qualifier. So I'm feeling a little bit sort of Looking ahead now, I'm giving myself permission because I am starting to run again, which I wasn't doing when we first started this podcast. I'm trying to think about what are my next steps, and I'm I'm a little lost right now because I want to continue recovering, which is, of course, step A, but step one. But what is step two? I don't know, and I have to be comfortable with that and learn to deal with the fact that right now I can't always have tangible goals and that that just needs to be my goal is to accept that yeah I think well two things I think about that first I think you know maybe you can shift it to short-term goals like you know mm -hmm. you can do a 5k again you know you can likely do a 10k at a certain point so maybe shorter term goals and then the second thing I would say is to kind of flip it around and maybe and I understand needing you know what liking to have those goals in that structure but also um giving yourself letting that be permission to try something different and not have those expectations on yourself to hit those different, like that's okay too. Maybe you do different things, maybe, you know, and kind of roll with the flow. And that's really hard for us as structured people who like to have, you know, a structure ahead of mm -hmm. us and know a plan, but maybe you flip it around and say, okay, this is an opportunity to just take it as a Those are really great points and I really appreciate your insight because sometimes it's hard when we're in something to see it from others' perspective. So I appreciate that and you're right. It's opportunities and that's what I need to think of is it's not setbacks and it is opportunities to explore new options and everything has a season and I don't necessarily need to be wedded to a certain pattern. Yeah, it's out of right. your comfort zone but yeah. sometimes... That's where the great things happen is out of your comfort zone. I appreciate that. And, and speaking of everything having a season, I, I want to bring up something because we've received a number of emails from runners um, over the past couple of weeks, runners we coach, about um, extrapolating times and asking if we think they can PR. And, you know, as coaches, we, we want our runners to, to do the very best they can. We want our runners to achieve their goals. And often those goals are PRs. I mean, that is why often people hire a coach. We totally get that. Times, yeah. I mean, we all want a PR. But as um, we've gotten more seasoned as runners and coaches, we really recognize the importance of understanding that 
everything has a season, including PRs. And we bring this up because it's for those listening, I think this is a common feeling. You set out your season, you pick your goal race, and your goal is to run as fast as you can in PR. And or BQ, BQ or some, right. some whatever you have in your head of like, I want to get back under this time. You have, yeah. you have some kind of time goal in your head. And, and while goals aren't always arbitrary, sometimes goals are. And I think it's really important to recognize that when we set goals, we should not just look at how we ran a 5K and extrapolate that. But we should also look at what is happening in our life around that goal and how will that impact my training. So for example, if someone's in the midst of obtaining their PhD and writing their dissertation, that's probably not the season to try and PR. Converse- or train for, to qualify for Boston for a marathon or yes. one of those big, big goals that require a lot of time. But you can, you can train for a marathon. Right. You just may need to not lower your expectations, but make them more reasonable for the season you're in. Set reasonable goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't mean to always set safe goals. You should always aim high, but we mean to just take the circumstances in which you're running and use those to factor how you are running. So for example, the, the PhD is an example and another would be starting a new job that may not allow you the luxury of controlling your schedule as much. And it may cause you to have to get up that much earlier to fit in your training runs. That's okay. But maybe that means you're not getting as much sleep. And if you're finding as your training cycle is, is occurring that you're continually not getting enough sleep, well, cumulatively that can affect your running. So maybe it's a great season to run a strong race or maybe Maybe the goal is to negative split your race, but maybe it's not a, a season to try to PR. And it can be a goal like related to training. Maybe you want to just make mm-hmm. sure you're still getting in three days a week of training mm-hmm. so you can maintain a base for that when your life gets a little bit less busy, um, you can ramp up. Another factor can consider is maybe you hate running in the hot weather. Maybe you're just not, not something you enjoy. And then maybe a fall marathon then isn't, isn't the right goal. So you do really have to look at what is your life like, what is realistic and, and setting reach goals, but making sure that they are, they're reasonable and that they're going to fit into your life and that running isn't going to become a stressor or something that you, that, that is another item on your to-do list or that weighs heavily on your shoulders. Now we all wake up from time to time and say, Oh, I got to go out and do this run. I don't want to do it. And you know, you get yourself out and hopefully by the time you get out, you feel better about it. But if that's regularly happening, then it's time to look back at your goals. And I think it's also important to, to note that the times that we finish in or, or that we run our rate our, our training, you know, our training runs in, um, that's all sort of arbitrary and can change depending on on weather, on the sleep that we've gotten. So to, to really peg your feeling of accomplishment or your feeling of progress on, on, on numbers, on a watch or on a clock can be very counter, counterproductive. Absolutely. And then the other thing is, is the opposite of this is sometimes you start out a training cycle and you kind of think, you know what, I've got a lot going on and this is not going to be a great cycle for me, but I'm going to do my best. And then all of a sudden you find maybe you're getting a little more sleep than you thought you were. And maybe you've just really nailed your nutrition and you find that your training actually is going better. Or than maybe you the pressure that you took off yourself is giving you the ability yeah. to, to, to achieve. And, um, and that's where I think coaching is, is great because you've got a, a a second pair set of eyes yeah. to kind of look at your your training and look at the big picture and say, you know what, 
I think actually you're doing a lot better than you thought you were. And I think we need to aim a little higher. Right. So it goes both ways, but we wanted to bring this up because everyone we coach, it seems is really, really busy. And that is a product of just where a lot of us are in our lives. A lot of people we coach tend to be, uh, in the height of their careers and, and their or kids parents, are, and their kids are, or just got married. There's yeah. like a lot of variables, or like I mentioned, you know, finishing school, in school, everyone going has back to stuff. get a degree. Yeah, we're busy. So it's important to just recognize that running should always be a stress reliever, not a stress inducer, and it also is equally important that we do our best. It won't always be this way, as you brought up, to enjoy the process. And the goal is important, but it shouldn't be why we're running. It should be about the process and the training and hitting those mini victories so that when we get to the start line, we aren't depleted and exhausted and so hyper-focused on the goal that we never even had a chance to enjoy the journey. Right. And that's the, the goal itself, maybe the race or whatever it is, is a few moments in time. It's 20 minutes. It's maybe three hours, four hours if you're doing a marathon, five hours, whatever it might be. The training, it takes months. And that's the part, that's the that's 99% of it. But related, what I wanted to kind of talk about too, and I think is a really good example of, of having perspective, um, as you mentioned, you know, what point we are in our lives. And we have a lot of runners and know a lot of runners and admire a lot of runners who are older and they're not hitting the same times that they were when they were younger. Uh, our, our own times, you know, as we get older, we try, we try very hard to, to stick, you know, right around the, those same race times. But as we get older, naturally we're going to start slowing down a little, a little bit. And luckily for us, we have a lot of really great role models of quote unquote older because they don't act or look older. Uh, but runners who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s who are still showing up and still uh, achieving despite maybe some setbacks, some injuries. They may not be running as fast as they were before. Ben Beach, who is a local resident who's run over 50, I think it's up to 54 or something. Boston, he's the record for the highest number of consecutive Boston marathons. He was out there on the course today. Uh, to me that, you know, I, I, and our, our, one of our runners, Annie, uh, Rosenthal was out doing her second race back from injury. And she mentioned to me that at some point she looked at her watch on the course, like at mile two or two and a half and thought, boy, I used to be at the finish line at this time. And, and for a second, it kind of brought her down. And then she had to reevaluate or re, you know, change her thought process and think, but I'm out here, I'm out here running. And she finished strong today and just, uh, seeing the perspective of um our friends eric melby is another example great great attitude positive attitude and appreciating being able to be out there to be with our friends be, be with our you know what a great environment that was today what a great atmosphere that was yeah. today it's so much fun just to be out there it doesn't matter when you cross that finish line nobody cares what time nobody knows what time your time was but we're all together and we all accomplished so much before nine o'clock nine thirty in the morning and it's a great way to start the day Absolutely. You brought up Eric Melby and I, I really personally admire him so much. And that's because he went through a tremendous setback. He could have easily been a guest on our podcast about, um, I think it was about nine years ago. He unexpectedly suffered a blood clot after a relatively minor surgery that caused him to, he was, his health was 
severely impacted and he wasn't sure if he'd be running again. And here was a guy who was consistently hitting then in his 60s, sub 320 marathon times with a PR at the New York City Marathon. I mean, he's a tremendous runner. And within a year of uh, sustaining that blood clot, he not only recovered, but towed the line at the Marine Corps Marathon and Boston qualified and has since Boston qualified a number of times and is such a strong runner. And his times are a little slower than they used to be, but really it's pretty negligible and he's continuing to crush it. And what I love most about Eric is he is such a joyful runner and his infectious joy is contagious because he has never allowed that setback to impact him and his goals. He continues to achieve new goals. And I just look at him as someone that I would, I aspire to be like him, not only in terms of how fast he is at his age, but also his approach to running. I think it's a really healthy approach. I like to think that he continues to run well and run fast because of his, his positive attitude and because of that, that just that positivity. So I, I, that, I like to think that. So yeah, no, I think you've got a great point. So what's next for you, Lisa? So I love the summer as a little bit of a downtime, looking forward to spending time uh, with, with my family, my kids. Uh, a couple of them are away at sleepaway camp now, so I can't wait until they come back. Um, not a lot of races planned. I'm, I'm going to do a duathlon. I love, uh, you know, multi-sport, and I haven't really had the time, well, I haven't made the time to do it. I haven't really put that as a focus. Um, but I'm going to do a duathlon on July 14th in Columbia, Maryland. So looking forward to kind of getting back to that and getting on my bike. We have some travel coming up. So we're going to be on a cruise ship. And that to me is always an interesting time. Like, you know, do I, I really have to let go of my running expectations? Am I going to be able to run on the cruise? Uh, you know, the running loops on a cruise oh, ship deck. It's awful. It, it, you say it's awful, but actually my, one of my favorite memories, we did a cruise several years ago um, that left from Amsterdam and went through the Baltic and we pulled into St. Petersburg and I decided to go for a run on the deck and it was a cloud, uh, a foggy morning and we were pulling up into port to St. Petersburg, Russia and I got to watch, it was like very early in the morning, I got to watch us pull in and I had this music, I don't usually run with music, but on a cruise ship when I'm running circles, I actually <laughs> have music and I had a um, 300 violin orchestra, if you've never heard that, it is like such an amazing, powerful song and I had that on my headphones and we were pulling into Russia and that is like so oh, fresh in so my cool. mind. So, so cool. So some days I do try to wake up early and get up before people get out on walking around because it's a very narrow track usually and running on a cruise ship it's it's a metal deck so it's really not that great to do a lot of running on that so sometimes I get into the 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 fitness center and do a cycle class or run on the treadmill a couple times when we've been on cruises we've been able to get off the ship early in the morning when we're not tendered when we're actually at the dock we can get off early and I usually go with my husband so I have somebody with me we get off at the dock and run along the shore um so you know just but but you never know what what it's going to be like I don't know and we we dock early in a lot of places we're going to want to get off and sightsee. So, so that's an interesting, you know, thing for me where it's going to be 10 or 12 days where, you know, I'm just going to roll with it. Whatever I can do, I'll do whatever I can't. That's okay. And I've signed up for the Baltimore marathon, which is in October. So I will have to start ramping up some mileage soon and, um, you know, just going to take it week by week. I like to do some shorter races in the summer. And like I said, you know, maybe get back to some, some duathlon or doing some cycling. What about you? So, um, I'm going to be traveling, um, this summer as well. And, uh, I, when I travel, I really like to sign up for overseas. I really like to sign up for running tours. It's a great way to see a new city, um, before all of the tourists are out. So I like the company go running tours, G O exclamation point running tours. They have some really great guides. So I signed up for one, um, 
we're going to Croatia and so um, we're gonna do a running tour in uh, Dubrovnik so I'm super excited about that and it'll be a great way to sort of get a lay of the land and um, I wasn't sure if I would be able to do it and I'm really glad that I'm in a place um, with my recovery that I am and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it so like you um, when I travel I just try to not even think about my running because that's really unhealthy to be in a new place and and want to enjoy vacation and I just kind of roll with it yeah. and and run when I can and if I can't no big deal a week two weeks will not make a difference anyone no. who's out there who's you know going on vacation or maybe got a you know, we had a couple runners recently get upper respiratory infections and they're really nervous about taking time off and it's more important to recover and then come back instead of pushing it and trying to come back and setting yourself back or on vacation enjoy the vacation your fitness is not going to change with even if you took two weeks totally off it would not nothing would change it's negligible. So especially if you've been training regularly right? yeah. very negligible you might want to ease back in when you get back to it but enjoy enjoy that time or take the time to recover if you're getting over a an illness but um running while traveling is is really a fun way to see a city i think that doing the running tour is a great way i love running when we're stationary somewhere in a you know not mm -hmm. on a cruise i love going out early in the morning and exploring a city um and and now it's so easy to find resources for different cities of you know find some safe running routes so i think that's really fun and uh, talking about getting out of routine getting out of your comfort zone you know i at home run you know, all the same routes all the time and we're so used to them. Going somewhere else it really kind of gives you a refreshed feeling of, of view on your running. So I think it's a great opportunity. Like you said, as long as you're not set on a certain number of miles or pace or distance or you know, just roll with it and enjoy. Yeah, I totally agree. So um, as we wrap up our podcast, um, I just want to say I have been so inspired by all of our guests. And I hope that our listeners have too. And for those who haven't listened to all four episodes, we, we encourage you to, because I think everyone will take something away from each episode to apply to your own running and to life. And just like running, everything has a season and, and we're going to take a little break from podcasting so that we can enjoy some time with our families and friends and just have a little summer break for us. Um, we continue to coach all year round. So for those who are interested in getting some virtual coaching with us to achieve your goal, whether that goal entails a time or just getting back to running, um, we are there for you and we would be delighted to help you. Um, so we'll be supporting our runners all summer long into the fall and we will be back with a new podcast series in the late fall. Um, it's going to be a good one. So don't worry, we will be back. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast so you get it when it comes out. In the meantime, we know we have a lot of listeners out there. We see our downloads and we're so, so grateful for your support. We just would ask if you are inclined to please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. Because by doing both of those things, by subscribing, you'll know when we'll be back. But also by leaving a review, it helps others find us. And we just do this podcast gratuitously. We, we choose not to go the sponsor route because we want to create our own content. We just like talking. We like talking. <laughs> we, like, we like talking to each other. So it's, it's, it's fun for us. And it's been so great. Uh, first, when we did our first series, meeting so many different experts and, and really picking the brains of all of those experts that we got to talk to. And then this time being humbled and inspired by the runners that we got to talk to. And those four that we talked to were just a small, small sample of the, the people out there that we know that we've, we've met who are, who are, just showing up every day and um and really inspiring and we you know use that 
feel like we, that word gets overused, inspired, but really that that's what it is, is it's, it's something for us all to take away from everybody we've interviewed, from everybody we've met. There's always a little something to take away from that to apply to our own lives. And how lucky are we that, sure, we found these four people to interview for our podcast, but we coach people who inspire us every, every day. day. Yes. And we, we seriously, we are so grateful to be in a community of runners and assistant coaches who support us, who inspire us. So before we forget, we also want to add, in addition to this being the conclusion of our podcast series for this particular series, this week also concludes our speed and strength program. And this program is so inspiring because we see runners come out on the track the first day, do a time trial, and the last day of the program, their time trial times, and time trial is like one or two miles, have dropped by as much as... Oh, like, oh, there were over a, over a minute on, on some, but significant. So when over you're running a, a mile, to so even cut off 10 or 15 seconds is a lot. And we had people, we had runners who, and, and you know, they came to the track every week. They put in the work. We give them the plan and we give them the opportunity to do these workouts and they took advantage of it and they saw the results. And it's hard to see. It was hard to see on a day-to-day basis, I think, for everyone. You know, every week they'd show up and say, I don't know, am I getting any better? But when you uh, look more long-term, you see those huge, huge gains. And to us as coaches, that is so rewarding. And And I I love that program. It's only a a six-week program. No, it was seven. seven. Nine weeks. It was an eight or nine weeks. I think it was nine weeks. Is it nine? I don't know. It was was more. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Eight. Sorry. Eight weeks. It was eight weeks. weeks. So time trial first week to the last week was seven sessions in between. I think so. Yeah. And so that's a relatively short time to cut off one to one and a half minutes sometimes on one to two miles. And that is inspiring. And, and also, not, even, not even just the times, because we've talked about not mm-hmm. focusing on the times, but so many runners told us at the end, I feel so much better about my running. I've mm-hmm. gotten back into a routine. I feel like my form is good. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm working less, you know, less when I run, uh, or just, just the confidence that it brought them. So a lot made comments about those achievements that they made. And to me, that's even more meaningful than the time on the clock that they, that they hit. For sure. It's a great point. And we are so grateful to all of our assistant coaches because we have this community. We're so lucky that these ladies, um, Chris, it just happens to be they're all ladies. (laughs) It happens to be they're all ladies. Not, I mean, we'd love guys too, but we have these amazing women, um, Chris, Karen, Carol and Jen who come show up on Sundays just to support the participants in our program and give those participants the individual attention they deserve. Volunteer so basis. We can do it. And sometimes they don't even get in their own workouts. Yeah. And they add so much to our program because we're just two people and we have two perspectives and there are only two of us on the track at the time. So to have other experienced runners with different perspectives and different abilities to connect with people, you know, we all have our, our abilities to mm-hmm. connect, but they really are so encouraging. And we've had so many of the runners participate in our programs come to us after and say, wow, your assistant coaches made such a difference. Their support made such a difference. So we know we couldn't do what we do without that wonderful community of, of, of runners who've been with us for a long time who are willing to come out and help us out. And, uh, that I love our community. I think it's today was a really good example at this race that we saw so many runners who run with us from 10 years ago to five years ago to currently, uh, to our Montgomery County road runners club runners and friends. 
it's just, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. We are really lucky to have this community. We're so excited to support other people and we're so grateful to be supported by other people. So speaking of which, we hope that you all as listeners have enjoyed this second series of our podcast and we will be back and we want to thank all of you for your support. We wish everyone a fantastic running season, whatever you define as that season to be. And if you ever have any questions or comments, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at Julie and Lisa at runfarthereandfaster.com. Lisa, I wish you a very happy summer. Happy fourth. Enjoy today. Thank you. And congratulations again. You too. Bye, Lisa. Bye, Julie.